0: To radio trivia podcast edition. This is episode one hundred and twenty-two, and with us we have as my co-host this time Alex Kalafi. Hey guys. Hey, I, I guess you've been on once before. I don't remember how long ago that was, Alex. It's okay, I don't either. That's <laughs> uh, okay. So, for all intents and purposes, we have a new co-host here, and uh, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you're a veteran. You've you've been doing like connectivity for like what? Two years, three years, a couple years, yeah. But uh, this is not connectivity. This is a uh, radio trivia, and mm-hmm. uh, we got a cool lineup here, squeezing it in at the end of the year. Sorry for the you know irregular nature of this uh, podcast, guys. It just just the way it is. But uh, y- you'll enjoy it when you get it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but it's the usual drill: five games, three songs each game. Um, some uh selections uh, uh Alex knows about, some he doesn't, so uh, mm-hmm. the first two games he's in the dark, other than that, uh pretty straightforward let's just get started here. Hopefully that's gotten a few people scratching their heads. Here's your hint question. Oh boy! Which enemies are described as know-it-alls with swollen brains and egos? Classic. Alright, Alex, I know you know this game, what game is this?
1: So here's the thing, I know the two games it could be. I know that it is either Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube or Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon on 3DS. Now because of... So the sound quality is good, but it doesn't sound like it's from 2013, so I'm going to say it is the original.
0: Ooh, you got it wrong! It is oh, a 3ds game, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a 3ds game, dude.
1: Oh well, comparable hardware in some ways,
0: I guess. It's hard to compare audio. I mean, th- I think that song was probably ripped directly from the game. I, there, I think there may be a, a sound test in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's a little bit of fuzziness because of uh, just that. It's you know, it's it's being going through some sort of compression, probably. Um, but yeah, uh, those game those songs are all originals in 3ds. I I think the only you have callbacks to some of the songs in the GameCube game, but uh, they're they're kind of subtle, small little things. Uh, when I think like Luigi's ringtone, basically, yeah, uh, and a couple of things like that. Yeah, so I guess do you, have you not played much of this game, or did you play it? You know, I beat without, it when like, it came one? out. I thought it was very good. I thought it was made
1: for handhelds. I think what I really liked about it, compared to the original, because I remember the gameplay of both at least, is that uh, because it was in short chapters, it was very pick-up-and-play. And and, uh, as long as you can devote about 15 minutes, you can easily turn on Luigi's Mansion, play a little, and then turn it back off. And that's really how I prefer to consume my games, so I really appreciated
2: it
0: yeah I I like that too I I do felt like some of the chapters were a little long Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I mean I did die actually quite a few times in this game and and often it was near the end of near the end of the chapter and so uh, you feel like you wasted a lot of time especially since otherwise the game encourages exploration right you're trying to find all the money you can find basically and um, it it just sort of feels punishing that you you know you take your time you're looking for all the money and then you die and it's like what the hell um, so that's that's my biggest beef with this game, honestly, is is they really should have just let you pick back up from whatever restore point uh, with your money intact, um, uh, or even without your money intact. I mean, if you want to go for a high score, fine, but it, it just it was just too punishing.
1: I thought it was interesting that you brought up the uh, the exploration aspect of the game, because I would personally say that that is one of the game's biggest faults, especially compared to the original. Where it was a big open-world-ish. Open-world-ish. Where uh, there was plenty of stuff to find. And even some of the stuff required to progress was hidden as if it was bonus content. Which I thought was cool about the original game. And in this, the exploration, it all seems a little smaller, a little more compact. Everything seems a little easier to find. And I think if I had to make one change to this game, even though I really like the the 15-minute stages... I kind of almost wish that it was one big mansion and uh, the stages were sort of separated by optional checkpoints.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly could have implemented something that was open, but you could save anywhere or something like that to, mm-hmm. to keep it um, portable-friendly. I mean, it, yeah, you can always close the, the clamshell and, and, you know, put it to sleep that way, but if you want something more... I know I sometimes am uncomfortable doing that just because there's always that fear of... Uh, running out of juice and losing your progress yeah but uh, overall, I love this game i mean I, I think the presentation's fantastic the music's fantastic the it 's very funny I, I definitely laughed out loud several times uh playing this game yeah and uh, it, uh... I, I just feel like uh, next level uh really uh, captured the essence of what what the Luigi's Mansion franchise, if, if I can call it a franchise, the, the Luigi's Mansion franchise's yeah, essence. Um, I mean, the, the music's playful yet still kind of creepy, and you know, just, that's just sort of true of the whole game, right? It, it, it's car- it's a cartoonish, you know, scary thing, but sometimes it really does actually creep you out a little, you know. But beyond that, even if it captures the
1: uh the spirit of Luigi's Mansion franchise, I would say that it even does a better job of characterizing Luigi as a character. Like oh, sure. we knew he was kinda the scaredy cat one. Oh very and- cat.
0: Oh. <laughs> We
1: knew he was the second fiddle to Mario. But I mean in this game, you get a little bit of a better look at who Luigi actually is. And I think Luigi uh is probably more of a developed character by far at this point than any other main Mario character.
0: Well, I, I've heard before uh, comparisons of like Mario to, to Mickey Mouse, where the the main character of Disney or, or Nintendo is kind of squeaky clean, you can't do too much with him. He's kind of he's more of a facade, more of a you know, uh, blank slate than characters like Donald Duck or Goofy or whatever that Kind of have more of their own personality, right? And I, I think that's definitely true with you know Mario versus Luigi, uh, you know, comparison.
1: Uh, do you think that should be the case, though? Uh, do you think there should be? Do you think Mario should be kept squeaky clean?
0: I mean, I guess from I don't any know, I don't really, I don't really care. As long as the games <laughs> are good, I, I really don't care. I mean, yeah. I, I think that I, I respect the decision that was made, and I'm fine with them using characters like Luigi and Wario and. You know, things like that, if they want to go for cookier games. I don't, you know, Mario's already in enough games, you know. Too <laughs> no, many. No need to, you know. <laughs> if you want to do something a bit more off the rails, I'm fine with you not using the Mario character.
1: Yeah. And I guess one of the things that draws a lot of Nintendo fans to Mario is the fact that those games focus strictly on the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it has a setting and it has the same basic plot, but that's only used to justify the game itself. Right, and and, and, and,
0: and you could argue that's actually a shortcoming of this Luigi's Mansion game is you know it, it focuses more on presentation and, and humor and, and I don't want to say character development, but establishing the characters at least, and um, and I'd say the gameplay at times is is secondary. Right, the, some of the combat gets tedious after a while. Especially near the end.
1: That's very true. And I think the combat... I would say it gets tedious only at the end, but it definitely very much gets tedious at the end.
0: Oh, th- Yeah, that's more of a level design f- issue than, than the inherent gameplay uh, design issue, honestly, yeah, in my mind. but
1: uh, I would at least give it credit that, even more than the first game, Next Level does uh, put in a lot of effort towards making a puzzle game fun. Mm-hmm. rather than just a puzzle that'll ma- get your mind going. Like, it actually tried to make the game fun, even though it is very much a puzzle game with combat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, before we move on, we should uh, give the answer to the question. So there, there's a character described in the game as a know-it-all with a swollen brain and ego. Uh, do you have an idea of uh, what character that might be? There are those uh, those genius
1: ghosts. Would it be the... Um is it the poltergeist that's their name you got it oh wow
0: I was just choosing a generic name <laughs> no those, those are their names they're I, I think they're the funniest uh, of the enemies um, yeah. they, you know, whenever they like do telekinetic There's just something about their presentation that I think is really over the top and and amusing yeah <laughs> okay well let's go on to the second game here uh, that was Luigi's mansion. Dark Moon. I don't know if he said the subtitle, but uh, it's Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. you know the name or the name of this game uh, i'm very impressed
1: i'll spoil the surprise now mike i don't
0: (laughs) uh well any listener i'll be very impressed but uh, these other songs are maybe more recognizable Okay. Yeah. Here's a question that probably won't help anyone. (laughs) I think I should have made this the last game. (laughs) It's too hard. (laughs) Which playable character cannot be hurt by most enemies? Obviously uh everyone knows it now, or maybe not. Any guesses, Alex?
1: Oh, is it time to actually talk about it?
0: It's time to actually talk
1: about this game you know nothing about. Can I guess the genre at the risk of being totally wrong? Sure uh, that last song you played totally sounded like shoot 'em up music.
0: I don't think this would be characterized as shoot 'em up. This is Legacy of the Wizard for the Nintendo Entertainment System. That doesn't sound like a shooter. No, it isn't, no. (laughs) Uh, This was requested by uh, two people. uh, Jeremy Hawley from Madison, uh, Alabama, also known as Shundalos in the forums. And also Jim's. So two people requested it and said, okay, fine. I'll use this game that I remember from my childhood, but uh, barely played. Legacy of the Wizard is a really hard game that... um, it's very interesting in terms of its high-level concept, but I think the technology just wasn't there at the time. Um, are you at all familiar with this game, Alex? Or- well, I am glancing at the Wikipedia page,
1: <laughs> and, and two things uh, jump out at me. The first is that it is a Falcom game. Yes. And the second, is that the game was an early example of an open-world, non-linear action RPG, combining action RPG gameplay with Metroidvania in quotes style action adventure elements.
0: My experience with this game was it, it was someone had it, but I don't remember a friend's house somewhere. Right? They had it. it said, okay, you want to play this game? Goes, okay, yeah, sure. I haven't played it before, and uh, I boot it up. Immediately, don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, I get to choose among several characters. I have no idea what the pros or cons are of these different characters or what, why I would choose one over the other. I just choose one. And I'm given no direction. Okay, you walk left. Okay, clearly there's a ladder. Go down the ladder. Okay, all right. Well, then from there, you're in an underground cavern. And, uh, you know, just like you'd expect in a... In a You know, a Metroidvania type game, especially an early one, there's a bunch of branching paths and I just have no idea where to go. Uh, There's no direction, no idea what I'm supposed to do in this game. I don't know what the main goal is. I don't know. um, There really is no description, right? It it, it just sort of throws you out there. Uh, This game is very complicated. It has, I don't know, six, seven different characters. And from what I can tell, you have to use uh, all of them for at least one thing because each of them has some different items they're able to use but you have to collect money, and you find items to upgrade things, and then get new powers, and and uh, it, it's all very interesting-sounding, but I don't know how anyone could figure this out without a guide. Uh, there's just so much stuff going on, and so little description, you know, within the game. So let me ask you then, uh, what do you think of this
1: kind of game? Not specifically like this Metroidvania action RPG, but more the kind of game... That doesn't actually tell you anything and it just leaves you to figure it all out. Do you think that's good and fun and challenging or do you think it's just frustrating?
0: I think it's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, to be quite honest, I mean, I, I can appreciate if that was a concern ever say, no, I want the, the player to figure a thing out. But if you're going to do something like that, you have to be very, very good with your level design in terms of giving subtle hints or. or you know, laying it out such that the player will will be able to figure it out. Because I, I think it's far too easy to just... And, you know, this isn't that hard because I designed this. I don't think it's that hard. Uh, but the players may find it really hard, you know. I, I don't know if that means you need to have a huge and, and diverse test team so that you can focus test and make sure that, you you know, you've put in the right number of hints. But I think in general it just doesn't work out. And um, I
1: think... Uh I think if you're gonna make this kind of game, I mean, obviously, make whatever kind of game you want if you're making a game, but I think if you are going to make a game like this that is very obtuse, very complicated, make it fun to get lost. Like, uh... Sure. I'm, I guess, an example not to go too far into another game, but Wind Waker. I was just playing that, the HD remake, for the first time ever, and one thing I noticed as I got towards the end, towards the Triforce quest, is that I was getting lost, but I was okay with getting lost, because it was just fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's fun to explore, and even if you go the wrong way, you may find an island you haven't done anything at before, and so you might have a little mini-puzzle to figure out, even though you're not really progressing through the, you know, the main goal. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, and in, in this game, uh, I mean, again, it's an older game, I, I think that maybe they thought it was still fun, but... <laughs> I think it's just so difficult, and the combat's difficult, and you know it's really easy to die, and you know half the characters are, are broken basically, and and if you don't know which characters to play as, or when you have to go back and swap out for a different character, I, I just there's so many places where in a game like this uh, you could hit a barrier and just have no idea what to do.
1: Would you blame the time period? Or would I, you I blame the blame... time period
0: mostly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just a very ambitious game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there wasn't a lot of space on uh, NES cartridges to or Famicom cartridges to have a lot of text to describe things and, and explain what you're supposed to do. I have no idea if there's a market for remaking this sort of a game. It's uh, part of the Dragon Slayer series, I think. Um, I don't know if that still has any cachet in Japan, but uh, kind of like Metroid Zero Mission, I, I think this sort of a game. Uh, potentially could be remade and and be a very good uh, game. I mean, it has a lot going for it, you know, different characters and and a whole bunch of stuff and branching paths. Like I said, I I think in concept, this is an awesome game. I just don't I don't think that the developers had the technology to pull it off well.
1: Well, I I definitely think because we said it's, uh, it's Falcom, I think Falcom is one of those brands that is just a niche in itself. Sure. Like, it has some kind of market always, even if it's not a
0: particularly huge one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... What I don't know is whether there was a later Nihon Falcom game that's kind of like this, but more modern, and, and, and with some of these rough edges uh, uh, resolved. I have no idea. Um, if someone listening to this is aware of a game that is similar to this in the series, but more approachable, I'd love to hear about it. It is apparently
1: um, part of the Dragon Slayer series?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like Dragon Slayer 4. So I have no idea if this is very much like, you know, building on the previous ones and that's why it feels really complicated or whether uh, the series has kind of changed over time. I have no idea. Uh,
1: so apparently, I guess just for a little bit of Wikipedia history, this was Dragon Slayer 4, uh, which was 1987. And the most recent uh, game listed as part of the series is The Legend of Xanadu. Two from 1995, so it is huh. a series that has not been touched for a while. It looks like
0: Legend of Xanadu, huh?
1: Yeah, hmm. it's a yeah, but it's it's on the same uh, series page, so I guess it is part of the series. Well, as uh, the Xanadu Wikipedia page says, most of the games in the Dragon Slayer series don't have any relation to each other outside of a few gameplay concepts.
0: <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> and there, there you we go. go. Okay. Like,
1: I'm sure someone is able to correct me and my Wikipedia skills and say, no, 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 this series has appeared in some form, or whatnot. But it looks like, uh, the series, even in its latest entries, is a bit antiquated.
0: Very good, then. Uh, Nihon, you, 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 uh, you crazy developer, you? (laughs) Alright, we're gonna move on to the third game, which maybe is less confusing. I like that song a lot, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that game, assuming I'm thinking of the right game, has a lot of songs that, like, don't quite hit you immediately, but as you listen to them closely, you're like, oh, man, there's a lot to that. (laughs) I am reading the trivia question for this one. And the question is, what is the name of the antagonist faction team in this game? The name of the game is Pokémon Diamond and Pearl, the fourth generation of Pokémon games released on the DS around 2006-2007. Uh, it was the first Pokémon games on DS, the first Pokémon games in the fourth generation, which later included Platinum, Soul Silver, and Heart Gold. And uh, these, this is the follow-up to Ruby and Sapphire, which is my favorite of the Pokémon games. And I think this is one of the dark horses. This and uh, Ruby and Sapphire. People generally like these the least. But I think they have a lot of charm. I think because they're the first Pokemon games that jumped into 3D, kind of, there is a certain charm to that. There is a certain charm to entering the big city for the first time and seeing these fully modeled buildings. Uh, I don't know if you ever played this, Mike.
0: No, so... They, they have certain environments that are in 3D, but the battles are still sprite-based. Correct. Okay. And it's like kind of 3D.
1: It didn't really go full 3D until the, uh, the yeah, X, and X and Y yeah. released this year. You never played it?
0: I never played it. Honestly, I, I, played, um, I, could play blue, mm-hmm. I played... I think I played Blue. Then I played... I think I got Gold. Yeah. Uh, and that was the last Pokemon game I played. Uh, it wasn't that I didn't like them. I, I enjoyed them, but... I wasn't really interested in in the whole collecting aspect of it. I just sort of wanted to play through it as a RPG. And uh, I felt that I'd kind of seen what the series had to offer by that point.
1: It's a very uh, interesting Nintendo series. And the fact that sometimes it doesn't even feel quite like a Nintendo series.
0: Yeah, Um, well, it, it is a different development team. I mean, right, it, it's almost kind of like the Earthbound, separate. you know, where yeah, it's published by Nintendo, but it it's kind of its own thing from its own development team.
1: Well, Game Freak is, if I remember correctly, completely independent.
0: Yeah, it's that uh, Game Freak, um, Nintendo, and Creatures all co own the franchise. Right. Uh,
1: but it is a very weird franchise compared to other Nintendo games. Totally because true. while a lot of fans, uh, like, most people like Mario. Most people like Zelda. With Pokemon, you're either hugely into Pokemon, generally, or, eh, it's fine. I enjoy it.
0: Like, yeah, it, I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent. You're right. It isn't. It isn't that I don't like it or don't think it's. I think it's a really well-made game. I, I I've thought about picking it up several times. It just doesn't grab me as something I really want to pick up because I know it's a huge uh, time, time sink. Yeah, and. Um, you know, if I if I'm itching for a Dragon Quest type game on a portable, then I probably will eventually pick up X or Y. But um, I just I don't see it right now. I don't, I don't see myself uh, doing it. i mean, in fact I'm I bought um, uh, not Dragon Quest. What the hell? Anino Kuni, mm-hmm. and uh, I really thought I'd start playing it. I got it, you know, twenty bucks. Um, you know, because it's like a collect. What is it? Like they don't call it Game of the Year, but like a best yeah. best of thing and and i played it i enjoy when i play it but then when i stop playing it i don't i don't feel like going back to play it yeah i I get the sense that i'd have a very similar feeling about pokemon where while i'm playing it i'm enjoying it but once i stop playing it i i am not compelled to pick it up like i was something like xenoblade where i was like oh yeah i want to keep playing that game so
1: pokemon is definitely a different type of jrpg uh sure I guess since Diamond and Pearl, I don't have a ton to say about it either, so let's just use this as a Pokemon Soapbox. Uh, It is... It's one of those series that it's casual for kids, and while I can't quite explain why I am so obsessed with the series, why I love it so much, it's just one of those game series that feels right to me. It just feels right. The gameplay feels right, the story feels right, the addictiveness feels right.
0: It's a finely honed formula that they, they've mastered quite well. It's it's, exactly. uh, it's taking a really good formula, which is classic Dragon Quest, and adding all sorts of caramel and, and chocolate coating to it or something to, to make it you know even tastier. <laughs> and it's one
1: of those series that, uh, way more than Mario, way more than any other series, that I enjoy it, like the gameplay itself, the core gameplay, as much as I did the first time I played it. Like X and Y, I played that for review. uh, X specifically, in one 24-hour period, I dropped 18 hours on that game.
0: Wow! Yeah, and you and James Jones are are, are really fighting for the for the Gameathon prize of you know on staff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we um when we recorded our Phoenix Wright segment a while ago, we were talking about that a little how uh, we consume games in a similar way where. We just devour them in a few days and move on to the next one.
0: Yeah, I mean I do that too. Uh, I probably just don't play as many games uh, yeah. or as many long games as, as you or James. I mean, I, certainly when I picked up Mario, like you know, I, I just got, you know nothing else mattered. I just played Mario, you know. Yeah. Um. And and, and including like I said, uh, Nino Cooney that that fell by the wayside. So with the right game, I think I consume it that way too. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not a Jonathan Metz where I juggle like ten games and play each one one hour a week Uh, I I just I can't do that
1: (laughs) yeah I have to focus on one game I beat it and I move on to the next one I try to be very organized about my game
0: okay well uh, yes that was a diamond and pearl discussion Uh, (laughs) hard to tell but that that was Pokemon diamond and pearl folks Uh, Pokemon is
1: great Uh, if you haven't played that one and you like Pokemon you should play that game because it's great too all right oh I should answer the question too uh, oh, sure, yeah. Team Galactic is the antagonist faction team in that game. It is basically the Team Rocket, the Team Magma of the uh, Diamond and Pearl games.
0: Is there a reason why they always have these kind of team such and such? Is that just sort of a running tradition at this point? I, I don't.
1: Well, let me ask you is there a reason why Mario always gets a mushroom before he gets a fire flower? Well, I guess in okay. most cases. Sometimes you can get the fire yeah, flower okay, first.
0: Okay, alright. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> answer what game this is yet <laughs> is this one one of mine it, it, well i'm not talking to you alex i'm talking to the listeners don't think you know the game yet
1: <laughs> okay i don't think i do <laughs>
0: Hey. Okay. Well, here's your uh, hint question. It's actually a uh, courtesy of the listener that requested this game. What Nintendo hardware revision is advertised in this game? And I did not fact check this, so don't blame me. Or you can blame so me. So this, this wasn't
1: this uh, wasn't one of the games I picked.
0: No comment. More than oh. one person can request a game.
1: Oh, I think I know what it is. Oh, boy. Okay.
0: What game is this?
1: I'm 80% sure. I am 80% sure. And if I'm wrong, it is going to be a way different game. I think it is WarioWare Inc.
0: Yes, WarioWare, the first one for Game Boy Advance. It was the
1: the first song and the last song weren't quite distinctive, but when I heard that singing in the second song, I knew it had to be (laughs) WarioWare.
0: Well, it's very compressed singing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this was requested by Shaman, and uh, when Alex you said you wanted to do this game, feeling so like, okay. Well, let's do it. Um, it. I have to say it was it would have been difficult to pick songs. It still was pick, difficult to pick songs if, if Shaman hadn't uh, suggested some songs because this thing has a huge song list, and most of the songs are about four seconds long. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted something that was a little meatier for for our songs. Yeah. Um, so I, I basically these are like all boss songs or. or equivalent, right, because the rest of the game is all like four-second, five-second little, you know, ditties. That's why I originally didn't uh, use this game. It was requested a long time ago, and uh, I'm like, well, how can I even do this? It's, you know, isn't it just like a sequence of blips that are random, you know, (laughs) of stages that are semi-random, but uh, there is some stuff in there.
1: It, ha- it doesn't have a ton of uh, memorable songs, but I think the songs that are memorable, in my opinion, are very, very memorable.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it is... It's a fantastic game, and not only is it a fantastic game, but it capitalizes on a style of gameplay that I don't know was quite prominently used at all in video games before then. The, uh, the micro games.
0: Yeah, it really was the trendsetter. For these sorts of like A D D you know, barrage of very short mini games and, and there's Three certainly been a lot games. of Yeah, there've been plenty of that since. Just fast paced. Including a lot of WarioWare games.
1: And it's it's like it's one of those games that even though it uses Wario and even though it is a recognizable brand. That is, by all accounts, a new IP at the time, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I wish they hadn't used Wario. I, I, I've said this before on this podcast, but I feel like it kind of usurped what Wario was and, and turned it into something, him, that character into something different. I guess Wario was always kind of a, a disgusting kind of character, but. Maybe that wasn't played up so much, at least in the West. Yeah. And when you looked at, like, you know, okay, so he's kind of a fatso, but he's an adventurer and he's greedy and he wants to like, get treasure. And uh, after this game, a lot of it was, you know, like nose picking and, and, you know, farts and stuff that, that yeah. I don't think was really the focus of Wario at the time. They kind of repurposed him and uh, redefined him.
1: I mean, he, like, before that, like six golden coins, he was basically just. Uh, evil Mario.
0: Right. Went from evil Mario to greedy, adventurous Mario. Uh, and now he's a sort of, uh, disgusting old guy. Yeah. Mario. Um,
1: <laughs> and, and it's so weird because if you think about it, like, as far as I can tell, outside of cameos, Wario is the only Nintendo character in that game. Well, like, the, who was established before that series. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I mean, they, they obviously, um, plagiarize or, or I mean intentionally so you know yeah. other Nintendo franchises as part of like you know 9 volt or or you know some of this other stuff but by and large yes it's it's its own stable of, of characters that have become their own recognizable entities you know I mean some of them worse than others but certainly you say oh yeah uh, Crygor from you know Warrior. I know that guy you know that kind of stuff so
1: no but those games are uh, they're totally brilliant like and I'm saying the entire series like even though Uh, one of the flaws I can point to is that they are notoriously short. You can probably beat the average WarioWogware game in about two hours, but there is a ton of stuff to do and there's a ton of replayability there are the micro games which are all diverse and equally hilarious and equally insane it plays up nostalgia a little bit nine volt but not too much and then even once you dip away from the games that are addicting their ADD, uh they're uh sometimes sometimes it gets the blood going outside of that There are always extra stuff, there's always these toys to play around this, there's always these mini-games you can unlock, there are always these, uh, these challenge towers. Even though they're generally short if you just play through it once, there's a lot to do in these games, and a surprising amount to do.
0: They also have a few, like, um, remixes or or, uh, tweaked ports of other games hidden within them, usually. Like, uh, the first song, uh, some folks might have guessed Mario Paint. 'Cause that was from the fly spotting game and I'm pretty sure they have the fly spotting game in WarioWare mm-hmm. in some form.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably multiple WarioWare games.
0: Yeah, and Doctor uh, Wario, I think they have like a Doctor Mario spinoff as well in there. Um, so I mean there's it's just all the games have that kind of a thing, you know, going on. A little you know, bonus games that to be fair, you know, at one point people bought separately, you know, for, you know, full you know, Game Boy retail price. So.
1: What's your uh, What's your experience with this series? Very little. Gaming? Very oh, little. Wow. I, I, really? I
0: Yeah, it never really appealed to me. Um, I've played it at events, and and I bought um, I bought Twisted and enjoyed that for a little while, but um, it never really grabbed me the same way I think it's grabbed other people. Did
1: you get uh, ink via the uh, Ambassador program?
0: Uh, yeah, I never touched it.
1: Uh, you you should give it a shot it's a very short game and I think I think it's a game that you should devote the two hours to if nothing else just to know what the full warrior experience is like okay Uh, also one last thing before we move on is uh, I think I don't know this for a fact I have no insider info I think there's probably gonna be a warrior on 3ds next year if not next year 2015 I I think we're ready for one
0: you don't think that we're going to get something for wii u first i guess we sort of already did i, I, don't I know think if game
1: and wario is the wii u wario. Uh, okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i guess before we go on the, the answer to the question at least as far as shaman is concerned our our requester uh, the game boy advance sp was prominently featured in this game um before it came out, so I don't know if it was because it was already out in Japan, or they were just hyping it up before its launch worldwide, but according to him at least, it's pretty much the first Game Boy Advance game to mention the SP. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we got one more game here for you. I hope you have something to say about this game. I have
1: a ton to say. I have way more than you anticipate to say about this game.
0: Great. (laughs) Great. Yeah, Alex, this is your request, so uh, why don't we uh, let you read the question here.
1: Okay. Uh, In one of the more memorable chapters in the main campaign, what type of explosive weapon are you using when riding horseback?
0: Your turn around the show. I have played this game, but only very briefly.
1: Okay. Uh, the game is Call of Duty Black Ops 2 on the Wii U. So, when some people listening to this, uh, even me before I played this, hear the name Call of Duty, uh, probably before even having played one, you think generic first-person shooter, uh, cash grab, Senegal, whatnot... And I thought the same thing, too, uh, about this annualized franchise until I played Black Ops 2. It was a Wii U launch game. I reviewed it. I gave it a 9.
0: It's a very impressive launch game. I mean, I know it's multi-platform, but it runs yes. really well. From from my limited experience, the split-screen multiplayer was was really well done. I mean, Johnny and I were playing it, and it... Very impressive. Just on a technical right. level. Very impressive.
1: It, it is very uh, impressive, especially for a launch game. It looks good, it looks at least on par with the other versions. Uh, the, uh, the controller play, very good. Like, the being able to play on two separate screens. But, as for the game itself, it, it's my first Call of Duty game. So, if that's the reason why I'm, uh, not too cynical about this one, you can chalk it up to that. But the reason why I like this game so much is that as a first-person shooter because it's like the 10th game in the series or something or the ninth game it's so refined to the point where it feels pretty masterful in the same way i would say new super mario bros is to platformers like you can tell that the people making it know exactly what kind of game they're making uh It it feels right as a first-person shooter, and I'm casually into first-person shooters, but this one just feels just right. The multiplayer is very good because it combines futuristic weaponry uh, that you might expect from Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but I hear this stuff's actually better, with some uh, Vietnam War almost era 70s weaponry. So it has two eras of stuff to keep it interesting. Uh, the multiplayer is very fun, even though on Wii U, it can only support, like, 500 people at a time, or that's how many people were playing at any given time last time I played. But, my favorite part about this game is the campaign. The campaign is surprisingly impressive, and feels like it's the campaign of a game that was actually made for the campaign. Uh, it takes place between two time periods, it takes place between this Vietnam War, uh, Black Ops uh, Warfare, where there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if I'd call it espionage, but a lot of behind-the-scenes shit going down. And then that is against some near-future warfare, also. So basically, the game takes place switching between these two sides. And because of that, and because of the location and the time shifts, uh, the game changes pace at a very nice manner. And it's always changing it quickly, so the game feels very, um... I guess I would call it dynamic. Uh, I think one of the things that impresses me so much is that even though it is the game of an annual franchise, it has a ton of set pieces that feel like they're big-budget set pieces made in a game that took multiple years to make. There are actual choices and multiple endings. And outside of the first-person shooter gameplay, there is also uh, these sections that are basically almost like a strategy game where you're moving uh, basically troops around, although they're kind of like drones to, uh, to get the upper hand over the enemy. And I know to some of you listening to this, this whole game just sounds blah to you, but if you like first-person shooters, if you like first-person shooter gameplay, and you either haven't touched Call of Duty out of uh, judging it before you've played it, or if something like the mediocre Call of Duty Ghosts that recently came out turned you off, I really recommend this game. I think it plays right, it has a great campaign, a great story, great characters, a very good multiplayer assuming you can still find anyone to play with. And, just as you've heard, I think the music is
0: really good. Well, I can certainly vouch for the local multiplayer. I know most people think of online, but if if you are still a fan of, you know, split-screen multiplayer, though, the off-TV, you know, two-player uh, mode really does work well. I-, I think the arenas are really built for more than, you know, one-on-one, two-on-two, mm-hmm. so I- I'm not sure how that actually works in practice, unless you're online as well. Oh, yeah. But, uh, um, I mean, just, it is definitely a game you could play with someone else in the same room. Mm-hmm. You probably just want to play it online with other people as well.
1: Yeah, because the maps are... So big for two people. When my cousin came over and we would play it with the uh, the two screens, mm-hmm. uh, we would only play on online matches.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be like a GoldenEye, you know, one-on-one death match type experience, but it, it, it's it's still good. Uh,
1: what do you think of the genre itself? Are there first-person shooters it's not you not like? Oh, really? It's not
0: for me. I, I I enjoyed GoldenEye way back when, and to a lesser extent, Perfect Dark. But every time I go back. I just can't get into it. I'm, I'm very clumsy in the genre. Sure. I, I'm not really interested in learning the strategy. The, the 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 content of it and the premises of it generally don't appeal to me too much. Yeah, uh, you know, it's either a military theme or some sort of spy theme, and I neither of them really pull me in. And I, I remember I bought, um, I think about the was it the James Bond game that was on uh, Wii. I'm blanking <laughs> out on the name of it. The uh,
1: was it also Goldeneye
0: was it was it, called, it was GoldenEye? Yeah, yeah. It was well received, right? I mean, it, yeah, it yeah. seemed like it was. Uh, you know, people would say, you know, this is a full featured, you know, first person shooter. It's you know, it's it's comparable to what the other systems have. And, and so I picked it up, and I, I just didn't play past maybe the fifth or sixth mission because I just wasn't feeling the love. I wasn't good at it. Kept dying. I I just I didn't feel like I wanted to learn how to get better at the game, and, and so I just you know put it aside. What can I say? I'm 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 just your typical, I guess, a stereotypical, maybe even Nintendo gamer. Well, Not no, really that's fine. It.
1: It's just uh, assuming we're talking about the same one that was announced at the uh, the 2010 press conference. Yeah, uh, I think it is. Yeah, it, isn't that supposed to be like the successor to the N64 game? Like, did it play at yeah, all like it? Yeah,
0: really. I mean, it, it certainly had certain nods to it, but I mean, I, I was just playing it as a first-person shooter, just you know, campaign mode, and I just wasn't for me. It really Do you wasn't. Think
1: does, well how do you feel about the uh, the old Gold 9 comparison does that still hold up for you
0: In the right setting multiplayer can still be a little bit fun but Sure I mean, I, I did go back and play the mission more recently, and I, I can't get into it. I mean, that's not really fair, because that's a pretty old game. It, it kind of set the stage for, you know, games that ultimately became Call of Duty Black Ops 2, so, you know, complaining about certain things about GoldenEye isn't really fair to the first-person shooter genre, right? Complaining yeah. about stupid AI things or, or missions that maybe aren't quite clearly articulated. This is the first game that did that kind of a thing at all, so... And- <laughs> I, can't, I can't fault it too much, you know?
1: <laughs> and when you think of the terms first-person shooter and N64 used together, you don't usually think of games that age that well.
0: No. No. So, I, but I, it's just not for me, you know? Yeah, I, I... and that's fine. Everyone has their tastes. You know, I, I do wish there were more games like this on Nintendo systems, because people do like them, and I'd like them to be able to play them on Nintendo systems, but I'm not going to go out and buy them. And, and that and therein is the problem with, with that whole issue. You know, yeah, the sure. uh, marketing and, and uh, user base of Nintendo consoles is the people that most people that buy Nintendo consoles buy them for the Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're... Uh, less likely to be interested in a a call of duty game than someone who picks up a ps3 because someone picks up a ps3 or xbox you probably is going to be more interested in that game you know if you just choose a random owner of that system so i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i'm I'm blathering Uh, well happy new year guys yeah it's
1: you know what Happy new year (laughs) people like video games and i think that's great
0: yeah so uh we we are closing out this so-called year of luigi although i always felt that was a half-hearted marketing it's still going yeah
1: apparently it's still going into next year
0: yeah well you know not the end of the fiscal apparently year of luigi was based on the fiscal new year but (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know okay that's fine I, i look forward to whatever comes up next year hopefully uh Uh, you enjoyed this year and are looking forward to games like Smash Brothers and X and and we will be around to talk about them on this show and uh, others, right? You want to plug anything, Alex? Connectivity or anything?
1: Yeah, uh, you'll find me on Connectivity. This will go up next week, right? Probably. Probably? Well, when you see this, there will either be coming soon or recently uh, a segment I've done on Connectivity where I talk about the future of Wii U. Me and a couple other guys, we talk about the potential future of the Wii U after all this depressing sales business. So look forward to me being grumpy and speculative.
0: (laughs) As usual. Okay. Oh, of course. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, and uh, we'll be back soon with a new episode of Radio Trivia. Until then, be sure to check out Connectivity and Radio Free Nintendo. And uh, check our website, because we got a bunch of stuff for the end of the year. I know we're working on uh, our our ten favorite games of the year. And uh, I know recently there was a kind of a year-in-review posting. So uh, check out the website. We've got a lot of good content there as well. See you next year. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Mansion Dark Moon is copyright 2013, Nintendo. Legacy of the Wizard is copyright 1987, 1988, Falcom, Protopun Software. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl is copyright 2007, Pokemon, Nintendo, Creatures, Inc., Game Freak. WarioWare, Inc., Mega Microgames is copyright 2003, Nintendo. Call of Duty Black
2: Ops 2 is copyright 2012, Activision. What's up with the Internet?